0: As mentioned, I've got some guests here for the segment for Community Stories, and it's about a cool partnership that the school district of Mankato has done uh, with the Southern Minnesota Businesswoman, and this partnership is going to greatly improve the agriculture training and education here in Southern Minnesota in the the schools. It's something that I am really shocked that hasn't already been done given that we're such a strong agriculture Uh, area here in in, uh, Minnesota. So uh, first with the school district, I have the superintendent, Paul Peterson. Good morning.
1: Karen, great to see you.
0: Absolutely great to see you. And with the schools, I have the career pathway coordinator, Kim Miller.
2: Hi, nice to see
0: you. Nice to see you. And I have Mary Ann Christensen, who is the chair of the board of Christensen Farms and the president of Blue Ridge, uh, the Christensen Family Office uh, in Sleepy Eye, Minnesota. And Mary Ann also co-founded the Big Ideas, a nonprofit based in New Ulm with a mission to provide opportunities for students age 13 plus to discover, explore, and learn real world world trades. And that's kind of why this all started, because uh, Mary Ann's family generously contributed to help out establish basically some agriculture programming in the the schools. First of all, let's talk about, I'll talk with Paul first and say, what is this partnership all about? How did this happen And and well I want to talk with Marianne
1: too. Yeah, so. you bet. And, and and thank you so much for having us, Karen, because these well, this are this is awesome. It's, I'm it's, I'm a
0: farm girl, so I frankly <laughs> was shocked when I came here to note that we really did not have a strong agricultural program in the schools at all.
1: We are so thankful to, to Marianne and her family and, and the foundation for um, taking taking a leap with us to help accelerate the what you just said, and that is agriculture education within this region needs to be a slam dunk no-brainer. We right. need to continue to, to do everything that we can. And these sorts of private and public partnerships um, are innovative, creative, They're, they don't happen everywhere, but when they do, when we when we strike at an idea and then we can find a partner or those partners find us, um, districts like ours need to say yes and then figure out how to make that happen for kids because we know that these kids eventually become adults and when when those adults are looking for work, Um, As you mentioned, Southern Minnesota is a hotbed for agriculture, and we need to be doing the things in K-12, but in this case, really at the high school level, to make sure that our kids are aware, excited, and then get after it um, when they leave us.
0: And really, MSU, it's just been the last few years, has really gotten into the agriculture programming, bringing soil science and different things in place. So like I said, this was just totally blew my mind because I'm from Wisconsin, a big dairy farm there, and came in and and thought, why is there not more agriculture? Why is this not a more of a in that. So I was really excited to see this partnership in Marianne Christensen with Christensen Farms. Of course, I know Christensen Farms, I know you have a lot of hogs because I've been familiar with people. Tell us a little bit about your background and your farms, Marianne. I grew up in South
3: Carolina in the steel industry, so I'm very well versed in the trades side and the pride of tradespeople um, and uh, an awareness of the fact that trades are not just jobs and that they are career paths with extensive um, opportunity and became interested in animal agriculture um, was working in the indus- in the swine industry in North Carolina and met my hus- my future husband, <laughs> broke the first rule of business and went out with him Very and, good. and um, moved to Minnesota and were married in the uh, 90s. Um, Bob and I both believe that the sense of satisfaction achieved when you create or achieve something um, is integral to self-worth, worth ec- work ethic, so on and so forth. And too much of our learning um, for has been channeled into just book learning in our school systems. And so we always appreciated everything from FFA to shop class to um, 4-H even, and um, had strong belief in it. And as we watched the demise of the shop classes and then the resulting lack of um, labor force we became very concerned and decided that how could we, how could we do this because the enrollment was not in the classes, the schools could not afford to support classes that weren't being utilized, and the upkeep keep to keep shops modern was difficult, so the, the shops went away. So when we started looking and seeing districts who were having, we started with Sleepy Eye because it was in our own backyard, and they had award-winning FFA instructor and shop teachers. And so we started this as a very small um, program with the intent to find out how to make it work. And Mary Hoffman was excellent and um, able to give us good feedback. So then as we were watching this happen and it worked and we tweaked and made some, you know, the adjustments, we became aware of what Mankato was doing on the Ag side with Ethan Dado and said, okay, we've learned, we've cut our teeth, now let's see if we can grow this. And that's how we met through Green Seam, um, the group here uh, at Mankato Public Schools, and it was exciting. It was actually a really, really fun meeting because we just said, well, what if we could do this? And Mankato, public schools just ran with it. Kim was huge. She came back with all kinds of ideas, plans. We kept narrowing it down, narrowing it down to from dreams to a um, program that we thought could work, and it, it has exploded. And now, Kim, I'll let you talk about, you know, four or five years ago what enrollment was and now what it is today.
0: Okay, so Kim, you are the career pathway coordinator, so you work directly with the kids as they go decide what they're going to do in their futures. So,
2: sure, yeah. So, um, through this process um, that Marianne was just talking about, um, you know, she gave us the, the time to think about what does vision look like for us? And and like she said, we narrowed it down and narrowed it down. And what we decided as a district that what we really needed was a tiered approach to um, building trades, building career pathways of all types. And so we were really appreciative that she let us look at all types because as a student, I may want to dip my toes in ag and find out it's not for me. And that's okay because... Secondary World is a great place to explore for free, Um, and so that's really exciting. And so when our tiered approach kind of came to the thought process, we said we need three things. We need a district-level system and structure, we need a building-level plan, and we need a classroom plan to make this happen. And so um, we reach all areas within a school district and making sure that we change the narrative of what do you want to be when you grow Mm -hmm. up? To what kinds of problems are you hoping to solve as you go through life because it isn't a one and end point something it is a lifelong learning process and it isn't an end of what I'm gonna be it's forever solving pro- problems no matter what career path you choose and so um, that's kind of exciting And so the district level again the tiered approach district level system structures how can we re- replicate this model in other school districts with other private public partnerships and that at the building level you know how can we build in job shadows with those students we have goal of like reaching over 500 kids with job shadows and then in the classroom it's really that hands on teaching and learning changing the narrative of how do we learn about the things that are current relevant meaningful in our in our area and so, like, the growth that we've had that Marianne mentioned, uh, about three years ago, we had 30 kids in ag food natural resources classes. Well,
0: did you really have many ag classes at all uh, several you know, years back? I mean, I'm wondering if you... Great what question. What there was there, even. About
2: 20 years ago, we had ag programming. Sure. And, it disappeared. you know, it's hard to find ag teachers. It right. really is. And so that kind of went by the wayside because our teacher retired. Okay. You know, that's really the long and the short of it, and, and it didn't get bu- built back in. And as the conversation grew and grew, we kind of realized we need to make this happen all over again. And with all of the um, great industry partners in our area, we realized that need. And so, like I said, about three years ago, we had 30 kids. We now have about 450 kids. You so, know,
0: my son huge. is one of the, uh, I guess, benefactors of this programming. I'm really pleased to say he is on the autism spectrum. And one of his Uh, just strong interest through 4-H is breeding Asiatic lilies. So when he was able to take uh, uh, plant, I don't know what's it's called, plant science, uh, horticulture in high school. It's his senior year, so it's his last year. But, I mean, what a great thing for him to be able to take. I mean, so uh, programs like this are just amazing. And the fact that he all of a sudden said, now said, I think I'm in FFA now, Mom, because we have that in, I think you're in the class, you're in FFA. He was so excited because my background, I have FFA, 4-H, and everything like mm-hmm. that. And, of course, they're really big 4-Hers. And i got to tell you, Ethan Dato, who is the, the ag teacher here in Mankato, I graduated. I am uh, his his mom and dad, uh, Rick Dato and Gwen Betzold, were my classmates, and we were really good friends. So when I saw that he Small came world. to town, I was just so so awesome because I knew that he had the background to be a great leader because of his background in FFA and leadership and stuff. So that was so cool to see that come to Mankato as well. Just that whole organization.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and with this support, we were also able to hire another agriculture teacher, Robin oh. Ted, and so now we have two agriculture teachers um, who are again deepening the program. Um, broadening it as well. So you talked about plant science. We're looking strongly at animal science, Mm -hmm. um, agriculture, um, mech and tech. So the technology side of things is huge. Agribusiness is huge. And so allowing our vision to kind of flush itself out into all the areas that are actually um, related in our community.
0: So Paul, what was included in the funding then that was brought to you because of the Christensen donation?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So I can't say enough about how much this Partnership is helping us to accelerate this work, um, not only at the classroom level, as Kim was just referring to, that we now have an additional AG teacher, and you know that's really important because if you if you if, if if districts place dollars in faculty where there is not enrollment. Um, then it's like whoa well it's kind of that build it and they will come mentality and that's that, those are tough decisions to make sometimes so the the ability for us to m- make a move with AG teachers because of such high enrollment is really key but then we also have and Kim can speak probably more specifically about this but we do have a community um, a community connector that's how I think of the other Kim um, mm-hmm. in her role at that kind of mid-level management position. And then we have district-level uh, systems leadership with with uh, Kim here. So um, th- those three positions um, are really important. And Marianne, we were talking about it before we came on, on your show, just about how important just boots-on-the-ground labor is right. to getting these ideas um we 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 have there are a lot of ideas out there, but you need the people to implement them, and that's what this partnership is allowing us to do in this in our in our district.
0: Well, as as Marianne mentioned, you know it's it's getting people in involved or interested in some of the trades as well. And if you're not exposed to it, how do you even know? So I mean, I think that's such a you know you mentioned you were back from was it uh, steel mm-hmm. working back then, understand. and so you obviously was part of your growing up. But a lot of kids don't even know what that is, and that is one of the one of the
3: things that motivated the fight, the move into act, to act action, was I grew up in the steel industry. Bob grew up in agriculture. We have a deep appreciation for the trades, from repair to um, management of company trades companies, and yet our kids had did not really fully understand the breadth of career opportunities because they were only hearing well you're going to go to a four-year school um, or if you go into trades they're just jobs and so even our own children we had failed to fully represent the expanse that if you want to forget your job at the end of the day good labor is absolutely critical or you can be supervisory or you can be managerial or you can even be entrepreneurial and we need, our economy needs this, this whole path, and yet young learners are not being exposed to it, and what we're finding is that with the experiential learning, they're not tied to their sports, they're not tied to their um, devices, that once they are being exposed and taught how to plant plants, that they're actually wanting more. And they are seeing that there are lucrative and rewarding jobs that they just simply did not know existed. And so that's why I'm thankful for these two partnerships. And our goal, as Kim said, is that, that we figure out to ha- how to make these not just sustainable within the district, um, but that they can be replicated. And so that other private partner um partnership or private public partnerships can be made maybe it's in packaging technology or maybe it's in manufacturing or maybe it's in something else that somebody has a a career path that they can help expose children that it's not just here because it truly is a community
0: um, takes a community to raise these kids absolutely Well, I was going to ask Heather what sorts of classes now are available through you know some of these wonderful partnerships like this. Like I said, I know that the horticulture one is one my plant science. My son is really interested in, and by the way, he's so excited about that new. Uh, greenhouse, by the way, that's hopefully gets done soon. But what are some other things you've added in terms of expanding? Maybe what kids get a chance to. Uh, sure. Be so the, to?
2: the whole pathway is kind of built on, you know, start dipping your toes in into a intro to um, ag, food, and natural resources. From there, you can kind of branch yourself out and continue to explore and experience different things. And so it might be plant production. Um, so we have a intro to plant science, and then intro yeah. to plant produ- or you know plant production, which runs deeper, um, and that would involve the greenhouse. Right. Mm -hmm. And then um, we are looking at animal science um, pretty strongly. And so we started with something called Pets and Paws, which um, we're an urban area. And so a lot of people maybe want to dip their toes in the water. It's not necessarily where all of the jobs are. But guess what? When we're teaching those courses, we're letting them know the jobs are really in large animal Food production, what does that look like? And so then we have a deeper course in that animal science, right? And so then you can really dive in and so kind of get them hooked in, to, you know, because they all love their, their, their pets and, um, and all of that. And then really letting them see, wow, you love this. How can you run deeper with this? take your love and, and push it on to the next level. And so we're also building natural resources coursework. Well now, because wildlife
0: biology is another one that my son took that yeah. he's so excited about, uh, Grant, that my senior, mm-hmm. and that, that's something he might have an interest in in the future too. So is that another one that has been yes. brought forth?
2: Yeah. So again, wildlife biology would be the deeper layer. We had to um, even take that a step back. Where do you dip your toes in the water? Um, so I think about it as explore experience and engage. Where do I explore different things? Where do I experience it i might gain a technical skill i might gain, gain a certification and then where do i engage of it engage in it outside of my traditional classroom walls it might be work based learning it might be a capstone experience it might be that i am going to do something with a mentor in the community so it's 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 running deep um, and that's kind of the pathway concept that we're looking at.
0: I'm just so excited that this, you know, this is is happening here. And I mean, thanks to obviously to great partnerships like this to make it make it happen and make it, you know, possible. What What are some things in the future you're looking at
2: in terms of expanding or continuing? You know, I could probably speak to that a little bit, Karen. Um, we're looking at K twelve ag literacy oh. um, overall. And what does that mean um, in kindergarten, first grade, second grade? Yeah, where know, does so your th- milk
0: come? It's not from yeah, the carton,
2: for example. Exactly. Yeah. So just looking at literacy overall, we are building in next generation science standards, and so a lot of that is is part of it. Um, food production, and you know, where do our own resources come from? And so um, giving them the the whole picture, and using our community to kind of build that as well. And so um, that's some of our future plans: is looking at um, K twelve egg literacy, and then really focusing on that nine twelve system of pathway coursework and where is the need? How can we use um, our local partners um, to really help us dive into where that need is versus what we might perceive as the need?
0: Have some of those shop classes returned? I know when when Grant first started high school, there was a welding class and I don't know what else is available for kids, you know, that sort of thing, because some kids maybe don't want to go to college and won't get that exposure otherwise. So what other kinds of things are like that. The sharp, sure. I
2: guess. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, um, trade and industry overall has really grown because we have so much manufacturing in our area mm-hmm. as well. And so welding, um, we have an intro to metals class and then it can build into, you know, strict welding, um, different types of welding. And then we can also look at um, CNC. Um, and so, you know, the the manufacturing of CNC is a real high demand area right now. So CNC? The, um well, you're really going to challenge me here because I don't is, know what that is. Yes, sorry. it is a, a manufacturing tool, uh, much like welding, but it would be more of the cutting with plasma. Oh, and okay. like those a CAD things. thing or? Um, not uh, necessarily. Um, you should really ask our trade industry. Okay, and not me. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry about that. But it's it's another way to look at manufacturing. D- sorry, stumped, her. stumped her, That's okay. Sorry about that. Um, you know, and then we even look at the construction side of things. Um, so. You know, what does construction look like? And that is in a lot of sectors, and, right. it, and it is everywhere, just building our own uh, Well,
0: community. and there seems like a, there's such a shortage of w- labor in, in many of these areas that you're referring to now. And, I mean, it's just really so important to get that, that interest in there.
1: And or, I think, and if I can just add to, to the, and, and I think you're right, Karen, that be, because labor is short... I think you know I, I can't say enough about, and I'm so proud of our school board for recognizing that when we set a strategic yes. priority about preparing students for their future and for readying them for life after high school, that we've we've been um, very supportive by our seven members to think beyond what a traditional um, what a traditional answer to that would be, because as you said, not everyone's going to a four-year university. A mm-hmm. lot do. And so we want to make sure that we're readying them for that first year of college. But some go to a two year, some go into the military, some go into the world of work. And so we are redefining what readiness means. And at the school board level, at the district level, what's the data that we're collecting? How many students do we have participating in our career pathways? Um, one we know is AG, and as we've shared, those numbers are really high, right? Um, that's not for everybody either. So w- what's what's another lane that people can pursue? Not that they get locked in and that's going to be their forever job. But those skills and the content, the content that they learn, and then also the skills, both the technical skills, the interpersonal items that, that come out in those um, pathways have really been proven across the country as being highly relevant, hands on, and so then, when you ask kids after they leave high school, hey, tell tell us about your high school experience. Those are the courses, mm-hmm. those are the experiences that they come back to and say that made a difference.
0: You mentioned the school board supporting this sort of thing too. I remember uh, I was on the Educare board as well, and that's something I know they have really supported. You know, whether it's the buying equipment for the welding or those sorts of things, just the importance of that, recognizing that. So I know that's it's really. I guess out there and I'm glad to see that it's growing and I'm glad to see partnerships like with with the Christensen Farms that really are allowing that to happen.
2: Yeah, I um I can't speak enough about um, community coming forward and supporting either it might be a tour, it might be a speaker, um something non financial as well. Um, but even things like, like Educare or grants, donations, things like that, you know, it's really um everybody coming together to um, really prepare our students for whatever it is that they're going to do next, what problems they're going to solve next.
0: So, uh, you know, are there more partnerships in the Pike? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah. We
1: we are uh, we are talking um, with whether it's individuals or companies mm-hmm. or nonprofits all the time about how we work, how we can work together even better sure. for the benefit of our kids and families. Um, it's a large we have a large school district here in southern Minnesota. And we, we as a K-12 system know that um, while we are responsible for the education of those kids, we also know that we can't do it alone right. all the time. And so whenever we have a chance to talk with people in industry, people in higher ed, people that work within our communities, um, Th- those are ongoing talks, and and there's there's really exciting things happening, and that's cool. that that's what makes it fun to be a superintendent in a district like this, because then yeah. you get to come on the radio, and you, <laughs> get talk, you you get to talk about, um, you know how uh, how people are really kind of surrounding themselves around these kids, um, to make sure that their future is um as bright as it can be.
0: You know, I I heard you say something about maybe bringing some more animal science. Are there other roads, pathways that you're looking at, maybe to to include in some of the growth in this area?
2: Yeah, you know, I think one of our first steps is always to ask our advisory committee on what do you think our our next step should be? Um, And again, those are comprised of business leaders. Um, We've got Green Seam there, the Agriculture Center of Excellence. Um, We're looking at what are the pathways to post-secondary, what are the pathways to the world of work? And so, again, it's not just a district decision, um, but where do we go next is really um, looking, what do we have for... Um, demand in our area mm-hmm. and how do we help to meet that demand. So that's a big piece of, of that. I didn't know you had an advisory committee. That's cool to hear that, that you have people out there that really know are in the, the trenches, so to speak. Absolutely. So we have people from the agribusiness world. We have people from the um, food sector, from the animal sector, from the plant sector. Um, you know, we, we just want to make sure that we are reflective of who our community is and what the need actually is. And so before I would say here's what here's the next step we're going, we always defer You're to doing, sure what do you think we need.
0: Marianne, if, as you've seen this develop, how have you felt about knowing that you'd started this partnership and seeing how it's how it's going?
3: It's rewarding is is hardly the word. It's a, it, it's more of an excitement because when you find enthusiastic partners there's so many times you can throw money at things and it doesn't really go anywhere and to be able to see the impact and to see what's happening and to know that we're a very small part of that because of the enthusiasm and the, the it's a structure not a bureaucracy here mm-hmm. at Mankato um, school system has just been to say the word thrilling is hokey but it is it's been thrilling to be able to see someone actually translate their vision to action and not just get stuck in a bunch of job descriptions and protocols and standard operating procedures to actually see and it hit the kids and to see it growing is like almost a little bit like santa because (laughs) you know if you give Give a little. It's like, you know, you put in a nickel and you get back not just 25 cents, but man, we're getting back dollars just watching it happen because of, of what this great group of people is doing. Um, and I just hope it's gives other donors the opportunity to see what possibilities are out there and to know that this is sustainable because it won't take us to be here continually That this actually will will grow and become self-funding so that we can then go to other areas that need the boost to get started, and then hopefully they will do the same thing, and it will be um, a, a, a model that other people can then replicate.
0: That's wonderful. Uh, just uh, this is really a, a really exciting thing to hear yeah. that you're that you're doing, and it's exciting to see the FFA come back as well. And I think I don't know how many kids have joined that. And you, do you know Heather, maybe?
2: I actually, I don't know Kim a number, but every, everyone um, in our ag food natural resources courses are an FFA member. My son is really excited. Yeah. Yeah. So um, again, we had a, a grant that allowed for that to happen, and it's an ongoing grant, and so um, it's kind of a nice thing because then students do not have to pay to be a member. We're an affiliate member, which means everybody who is enrolled in those classes automatically. becomes And it's an such
0: FFA a great member. leadership training S- as well. So I'm, that's really neat. Uh, anything else you'd like to add before I let you guys go? And I want to thank you all for coming. Uh, Paul Peterson, the superintendent of of schools; Kim Mueller, the career pathway coordinator, and Marianne Christensen of Christensen Farms. Uh, really appreciate having you on the air. Uh, just great information. Any final words?
1: Yeah, thank thank you for having us, Karen, and and again, um, on behalf of Mankato Area Public Schools, these partnerships um, going from idea to actually implementation. Um, again, a lot lot of ideas, but th- the partners like Marianne and her family. Um, incredible, and we're hoping that we can continue to be good stewards of those donations as we move forward. So thank you.
0: Thank you all. Appreciate it.